Welcome to the Joe Watt Podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the University of Florida. And today, our guest is Mr. Gene McAvoy from Immokalee, Florida. Gene, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Joe, for inviting me. And Gene, can you please give us uh, uh, some background information about yourself? Okay. I have been the regional vegetable agent in Southwest Florida with the University of Florida for 23 years. I recently retired from that position and now I'm vegetable agent emeritus and I've taken a position at the Southwest Florida Research and Education Center as the Associate Director for Stakeholder Relations. Still working closely with the vegetable industry, however. Uh, th thank you, Jean. And, and usually the podcast is more focused on, on beef cattle production, but uh, I think the COVID-19 has impacted the vegetable industry tremendously. So I would like to have your, your insight and inputs about to give us a little perspective of what happened. So can you please give us some information about the, some information numbers and proportion and importance of the vegetable production in the region in South Florida? Sure. Yes, as you mentioned, Joe, um, COVID-19 has affected nearly all sectors of agriculture, but especially the vegetable industry has been seriously impacted. It came at a very bad time for our industry. We're at the height of spring season. Um, and South Florida produces about 70% of the vegetables consumed east of the Mississippi from late October through the end of May. Um, we ship vegetables from Miami to Chicago. We feed about 150 million people on the eastern side of the United States. So it's a big, big business. Um, we grow about 140,000 acres of vegetables in South Florida, and we produce everything from arugula through zucchini, um, probably 60 different vegetable items. Big ones are things like tomatoes and watermelons, sweet corn, green beans, um, peppers, but we grow a wide variety of other crops as well. Um, and as I said, this COVID-19 shutdown really came at the height of our season, took us by surprise, you know, and it, I think it's taken all of us by surprise. You know, three or four months ago, you know, everybody was saying, what is, what is, what is COVID-19? But at the end of March, when the closures started occurring, um, basically it shut off a ma majority of our market. A lot of our vegetables go to what we call the food service sector, of the industry, and that means the schools, the restaurants, the hotels, the cruise ships, the university cafeterias, and depending on the commodity, for instance, in tomato, that took about 75% of the market away. For things like sweet corn and green beans, about 50% of the market disappeared almost overnight. Um, some, like cabbage, is almost 100% food service, so 100% of that went away. So we had a tremendous amount of vegetables ready to be harvested and the market disappeared. And unlike you know, certain other agricultural commodities, 
vegetables are highly perishable. You know, you have an orange on a tree and it can stay there for a few weeks or even, you know, six weeks or two months and it will still be good. If you have a cow, you know, you don't like to hold it longer than necessary, but you can hold that cow a little longer than necessary. Costs more money in feed, but if you have a cucumber that's ready to pick today, 10 days from now, that cucumber is about the size of a billy club. The seeds are fully developed and it's basically inedible. So you have to do something with those crops very quickly or they become unmarketable. And that's what happened to us. And literally we destroyed tens of millions of pounds of tomatoes, cabbages, green beans, sweet corn and other vegetables because the market wasn't there. You know, a lot of people you know, question that. They say, why can't a farmer just give that away? Well, if you look at tomatoes, for instance, tomatoes, it costs about $10,000 to grow an acre of tomatoes these days. It takes another $5,000 to pick it and pack it and put it in a cooler. You know, what businessman can afford to throw good money after bad money? Um, so, again, we found ourselves in a very untenable situation where we had these crops for which there was no market, um, there were no outlets. And the other thing you have to consider is once you stop maintaining these crops, they become a breeding ground for insects and diseases. And if you know you have a market for 70% of what you had, you want to work on preserving that 30 per, or if you have a market of 30% left, you want to preserve that 30%, try to commercialize it, capitalize on that, um, and cut your losses on the other 70%. So again, good pest management is to go in there and destroy those crops so the insects, diseases don't come over and threaten the crops that you're trying to preserve. So that's really what happened to us. Um, for about a month, it was pretty, pretty we have seen tremendous response from area food banks. A number of donors have come forward, knowing that farmers couldn't afford to harvest these crops. Um, food banks found, you know, uh, support to get some of these crops to market. And I know between the different growers in South Florida, again, you know, millions of pounds of tomatoes, of corn from, you know, Companies like R.C. Hatton, U.S. Sugar, Florida Crystals, um, Lipman Produce, I could go on and on, but, you know, millions of pounds have actually gone to food service to try to help, you know, our underserved communities around the state of Florida and elsewhere. So, we've, you know, that was very gratifying. Um, but things have kind of turned around in the past uh, week or so. Um, we've seen prices rebound. As growers eliminated that excess um, capacity, supply came back into balance with demand. And we've had cold weather up north, which has slowed planting in places like Georgia and the Carolinas. We actually had freezing weather in 
Virginia, New Jersey, which actually destroyed some early plantings up there, which created, and the economy starting to open back up a little bit. So again, demand for vegetables is increasing, and we've seen the prices come back quite nicely in the past couple of days. So I think there's, you know, some positive news out there. Um, you know, hate to see any loss, but and Gene, on the producer standpoint, as you mentioned, and as the probably the media showed to us, um, we have several producers uh, discount the crop just to you know get rid of the potential source of insects and 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 disease. And those most of those producers, do they have any type of insurance? that will help them during this process no. or, or no? Most of them do not have insurance. Um, you know, I know, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but I know after Hurricane Irma, I was talking to officials from the risk management agency and it was only like 15% of our vegetable growers had coverage, insurance coverage. Part of it is some of the products out there, um, there's a cutoff on the upper end, and a lot of our producers tend to be big, so they're bigger um, dollar-wise than the programs allow. Um, there's a lot of restrictions on what's covered and what's not covered, and in general, most of them have found that it's really not worth it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and Gene, I think another important point that that will just multiply the crisis on the vegetable industry is because the vegetable, as citrus, as any other crops, they require a lot of labor. So then it seems that all the resource that we have, the labor that come to harvest those plots or, or tomato or, or cabbage, and you know, they pretty much didn't work during that time. And how do you think that will impact, you know, on the, on the unemployment standpoint, or even these people are not making any money, like the producer is not, and they will transfer to the grocery store and other sectors in, for us here in South Florida? Sure. Well, again, uh, you know, one third of our production cost in vegetables is labor. And if you don't have work for that labor, some of them are on H-2A contracts. Under H-2A, you do have to provide a minimum payment. I think it's 50% of the contracted amount. But for other domestic laborers, um, there's no safety net for those. So there's, you know, that's why it's really important that, you know, the food banks and, uh, <laughs> excuse me, others, you know, come forth with help for those communities. I know excuse me, a number of you can take a drink. I know it many of our workers move north and migrate north with the crops. So again, a number of them are already leaving this area going north to try to get work in Georgia, North Carolina, and places like that, so. But it, there's going to be a tremendous ripple effect because the farmers aren't making money. They're not going to be buying pickup trucks. 
they're not going to be buying services, they're not going to be replacing tractors. And I've seen numbers, you know, for every dollar that goes across the farm gate, there's $2.5 in economic multiplier effect in greater society. So, you know, truck drivers are without work right now. Um, and it, it, it's just not good. And, you know, the impact on Florida is going to be big too. Um, Department of Agriculture did an initial survey and as of April 15th, the losses were already half a billion dollars. And that was just a preliminary phone survey. You know, I'm sure once the UFIFAS survey comes in, you know, we fully document all the losses. It would be not surprising if it exceeded a billion or more dollars in, in total losses. And then when you start looking at, you know, the livestock industry, you look at the dairy industry, you know, we've been dumping a lot of milk, um, ornamentals, you know, it's, it's going to be um, devastating to South Florida agriculture. And, uh, and Gene, uh, now to go more on the positive standpoint, to try to finish on a good note, our conversation here. And you, you mentioned that the prices are rebounding. Can you give us a, a little idea on those lands where they just plow it under tomatoes and cabbage? So what is the scenario right now? What are the producers doing right now you know, to try to take opportunity of this better market and how they are moving forward uh, on the agriculture standpoint? Well, some growers are trying to get out there real quick and plant some short-term crops like squash and cucumber to take advantage of the market rebound. But many of our growers not only produce in South Florida, they move with the season up and down the east coast of the United States. And we've, you know, this has been going on over years because, you know, if you're selling to the Walmarts or the Cisco's of the world, you have a tremendous market advantage by being able to supply 365 days a year. So, you know, while they lost in South Florida, they are moving into right now in the Manatee Ruskin area in Central Florida. Um, you know, there's, there's producers up there around Ona, um, George Lopez and some of those guys. Um, they're going to benefit from this. And so, you know, they're going to move forward. And so basically that's what a lot of them are doing is, you know, they took their losses in South Florida, but they're looking forward and concentrating on the future and, you know, hoping that things turn around in Central Florida, North Florida, and then on up the coast. Thank you. And, and Gene, we are going towards the end of our conversation here. And before we finish up, so I, I used to, to ask my guests, uh, what do they do on their spare time, like as a hobby? So would you like us to tell us what you do as a hobby if you are a fisherman, a hunter, or any other thing that you like to do? Well, yeah, I actually do both. I, I like fishing. I like hunting. I have a small ranch south of Labelle. I raise beef cattle. So a lot of my spare time is spent replacing fence and fence posts because <laughs> being a cattleman, as you know, the are quite clumsy beasts and it seems like every few weeks I've got a piece of fence you know half a dozen fence posts that need being replaced and Gene I would like to thank you for your participation in the podcast today I am Joe Vendramini
know what? 